the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, wow, uh, this situation with the smoke from Canada, uh, I'm kind of liking it, actually. It smells very cozy out there, wood smoke. I am not complaining. I know it's... Uh, it bothers a lot of people with respiratory, whatever, but it's, it's, it's not a bad smell. It's not like a sulfur plant exploded in New Jersey. It's a, it's a fire in Canada. And, uh, it's kind of wild how it got down here. Where are these fires? They're in New Brunswick. They're in Ontario and they moved all the way down here. I mean, the smoke at least. Uh, let's see here. Smoke and haze continued to fill the skies across the Northeast on Wednesday as wildfires burning hundreds of miles away in Canada made the air unhealthy in New York City, Washington, and elsewhere. Hey, have we figured out how this is going to affect the migrants? What's what's our plan to help the migrants deal with this? Uh, the forecast computer model in the map above, well, you can't see it, but it's basically uh, <laughs> everywhere. Uh, the epicenter seems to be uh, New York. <laughs> There's a big, heavy orange cloud over New York, and everything else is tan. Uh, is this bothering anybody? I was, I walked, uh, 15 blocks just now and, uh, some people wearing masks. No one's panicking. It's, uh, it's a curiosity. It's not bad. It's going to last for several days. Now I was outside this morning and it was fine. It was actually sunny out a little bit, a little bit sunny. It wasn't a big deal. And now this is pretty wild. Hey, is he really doing it? Yeah. Mike Pence. <laughs> is that, is Mike Pence doing this right now? Mike Pence is running for president, and uh, it looks like he's about to take the podium. A few hours ago, he released the, well, you tell me. I think this thing sounds like it was generated by artificial intelligence. It is the most generic, boring uh, presidential debut I've ever seen. Um, not the worst. Chris Christie's may have been the worst. All right, you, re- you ready? This is Mike Pence, 520 this morning. This is his big announcement, and uh, let's go. That's you, Diego. Let's go. The land of opportunity. Beacon of democracy. The shining city on a hill. Land of the free, home of the brave. The United States of America. As a son of the heartland, grandson of an Irish immigrant, those aren't just words. My family has lived the American dream. Stop! What's the big deal again? We don't care who you are, where you came from, what your grandparents were all about. Did he say he was the grandchild of Irish immigrants? I guess I could make that. No, I'm the great-grandchild of Irish immigrants. Who cares? It's a family, Matt. What can you do for us? Something tells me he's never going to get around to telling us what he can do for the people. America, land of the free, home of the brave. I mean, we know that already. Get to Get to the point. Keep going. I had the great honor to serve in Congress as governor and as your vice president. And I'll always be proud of the progress we made together for a stronger, more prosperous America. But today, our country's in a lot of trouble. President Joe Biden and the radical left have weakened America at home and abroad. The American dream is being crushed under runaway inflation. Wages are dropping. Recession is looming. Our southern border is under siege and the enemies of freedom are on the march around the world. And worse still, timeless American values are under assault as never before. Stop! We're better than this. Stop! Listen to any conservative podcast, they'll tell you the same thing. We know all this stuff. 
Some of the stuff sounds like it came right out of 1980, you know, runaway inflation. This is just a, it's like artificial intelligence. Says, Siri, make me a presidential speech from a conservative perspective. All right, let's wrap it up. Keep going. We can turn this country around, but different times call for different leadership. Today, our party and our country need a leader that will appeal, as Lincoln said, to the better angels of our nature. I have long believed to whom much is given, much will be required. My family and I have been blessed beyond. Now, wait a second. He makes it sound like he came up with that himself. To whom much is given, much is required. That, 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 That came from somebody else. I don't know who the first one who said it, but it wasn't him. All right? Right? It was not him. It was either Aristotle, Jackie Gleason, somebody else said that. It wasn't him. But he made it sound like it was his own idea. Keep going. On measure with opportunities to serve this nation, and it'd be easy to stay on the sidelines. But that's not how I was raised. That's why today, before God and my family, I'm announcing I'm running for president of the United States. Stop! We can bring... What about me? What about us? Before God and my family. What about the rest of us? We're watching your stupid video. Unbelievable. Hey, does he ever get about the documents, the top secret documents that he put in his house when he didn't have any, any authorization whatsoever? What else happens here? Bring this country back. We can defend our nation and secure our border. We can revive our economy and put our nation back on a path to a balanced budget. Defend our liberties and give America a new beginning for life. President Reagan described us as a shining city on the hill. And above all, he called on Americans to renew optimism and believe in themselves again, to believe in each other. Every time our nation has produced leadership that has called upon this country to do hard things, Uh, the American people have always risen to the challenge. What the hell does that even mean? What does that mean? We just need government as good as our people to do it. I believe in the American people. Sorry, this country has screwed it up plenty. We elected Jimmy Carter. We elected Barack Obama. Uh, we lost a war in uh, Vietnam, Iraq, and Afghanistan. <laughs> We've got great values. we got a great constitution. we got all that stuff. We had amazing founding fathers. Uh, anyway, I don't like it. It sounded very generic, very weak. And um, does he get any better? Now, he's now speaking from a podium in Iowa. His campaign logo, I'm not kidding, It's it looks like Baby Ruth Candy Bar. Who remembers Baby Ruth Candy Bar? It's white in the background with red letters. Baby Ruth or maybe Payday. Hey, he's done already? Is he introducing somebody who's going to introduce? Wait, who is this? Oh, that was his brother. Mike Pence's brother just spoke and introduced somebody else who's going to introduce somebody else who's going to introduce Mike. But I'm still right. That Mike Pence thing looks like Baby Ruth, the candy bar. It's, just, it's like a rectangle. It's right out of 1978. What else does it look like? Oh, Henry. Remember Oh, Henry? Except that was yellow. Did you say anything else in this ad? Have faith. God is not done with America yet. And together, we can bring this country back. And the best days for the greatest nation on earth are yet to come. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America. Give it up. I mean, not give it up as an applause, give it up. You're uh, D-O-A, just like Chris Christie last night. His was uh, even worse, actually. Where is this point? First of all, he makes a big uh, self-centered speech with a bunch of people who appear not to want to be there. It's like he hired the people to be in the room. They're sitting down. They're not digging him. There's no energy. It's like they're in a giant waiting room. 
And Chris Christie is just talking at them. It's really bad. Anyway, he he doesn't even say what it's all about. He just kind of talks and talks and talks. And goes, okay, every, ask me some questions. And people oblige, and they start asking him questions. And then midway through the Q&A, he finally says, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm running. Let's see here. Cut one. I can't guarantee you success in what I'm about to do. But I guarantee you that at the end of it, you will have no doubt in your mind who I am and what I stand for and whether I deserve it. So that's why I came back to St. Anselm's, and that's why I came back to Manchester, and that's why I came back to New Hampshire to tell all of you that I intend to seek the Republican nomination for President of the United States in 2024, and I want your support. Wait a second. Did you hear that? I intend to seek the Republican. These guys are the worst, right? This is some sort of game. This is some sort of paperwork game. I intend to. I intend to. He said some terrible things about Trump. He said some terrible things about the Trump kids. You know, even Trump haters uh, seem to like Eric and Don Jr. and Jared Kushner even. Yeah. Oh, there is this beef, though. Jared Kushner hates Chris Christie, and I understand why. Chris Christie, uh, overzealous prosecutor, uh, made it a federal case, some sort of family feud the Kushners were having. Got the feds involved, sent uh, Mr. Kushner to prison. Totally unnecessary. And then he went out of his way to try to keep him in prison longer than he had to be there. He had already served the time. And no, Chris Christie, because he's such a tough guy. Just ask him. I'm a tough guy. I'm from Jersey. I'm a tough guy. He said it a bunch last night. I'm a tough guy because I'm from New Jersey. If you got to tell us you're tough, you're not tough. There's a saying in advertise. Don't say what you are. Be what you are. And he said that a lot last night. I'm this. I'm that. I'm this. I'm that. Um, sounded like a bad football coach to me. And in, uh, in halftime, totally uninspiring. Nobody liked him. Nobody dug him. And I think that's it. I actually think that's it for him. But the the career politician that he is, hey, when the hell was he the governor of New Jersey? Was he the governor of New Jersey? Nobody can remember that. And he, he's standing there telling these people from New Hampshire what he did as governor of New Jersey. Nobody remembers. Nobody cares. And if you got to go around, if you are such a um, – if you are that far removed from your greatest big thing and you got to tell people, you got to convince people, it's one of the many advantages Trump has. When he ran for president, when he announced in 2015, we already knew who he was. It's like that was a starting point. Now what? Tell us what you're going to do. And he did. He did. I'm very curious. I have a feeling. I'm going to count it all up. He was talking a lot about himself, and it'll be interesting. I think he talked more about he rather than me, i.e., he talked more about himself rather than us. And I'm going to count it up. Sometimes that can tell you a lot. Uh, let's see here. They're handling it like it's a really big news. I just saw a poll that had him at uh, 0%. Okay, <laughs> 0%. Now, he's going to run to the right. He's going to make abortion the big uh, issue. It's amazing. Donald Trump made it possible for Roe v. Wade to go away. Roe v. Wade, the law of the land since 1973, was it? It goes away overnight, literally overnight, although there was leaked a few months ahead of time. But that's because of Trump. That's because of the. it took a guy who lived on Park Avenue who had a wild life, married three times. Yes, it was him. Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett. 
And that Amy Coney Barrett was amazing. He he wedged that in there. When did uh, Justice Ginsburg die? Like three weeks before Election Day? And bam, he got her confirmed. Uh, That was amazing. Anyway, he gets rid of Roe v. Wade. And the right to life crowd is like, they don't do anything. They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't plan the next phase. You know, we've always said it's up to the states. It's up to the states. That's a very good compromise. Hey, I would like it if nobody ever had an abortion. You might like that. All right. It's New York. It's California. It's, um, uh, Washington state, Oregon. They're never going to take this off the books, but some states will. Now they're trying, well, get a, get a federal thing. They just want us to lose. They want us to lose many, 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 many millions of babies saved because of this. But Mike Pence says that's not enough. I'm going to make this an issue and come at it from the right. You'd be a nowhere governor from a nowhere state if it wasn't for Trump. You know what? <laughs> I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I, I, all right. I'll stop talking there. All right. Mike Pence, this is going to end badly for you and your family, I'm afraid. And they're nice people. It's a shame, especially your son, a jet pilot in the United States Marine Corps. You're going to have a lot of egg on your faces. I'll be right back. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Greg Kelly, Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's it's really kind of cool outside. It's gold. I've never seen it like this. It's gold. Last night, I just thought it was going to be, it was raining like dark clouds. It was going to rain. I didn't realize the smoke until I got out of the building, and you could smell it. Uh, this is uh, delaying uh, air travel all over the place. LaGuardia, Jay, they're all messed up. Um, but I'm kind of getting a kick out of it. I want anybody with respiratory illnesses or whatever to take precautions. But the smell somehow to me is a pleasant one. It smells like wood smoke. All right. So I'm looking at uh, Indiana and Mrs. Pence spoke. I got to tell you, I can read this body language from here. Uh, Mrs. Pence spoke for five minutes too long. And Mike was right behind her like, okay, it's my turn now. Okay, it's my turn now. Well, finally, he gets the podium. He's going to say something in a minute. Um, I really think it, this is uh, incredibly disloyal. Donald Trump gave him this opportunity to be vice president of the United States and uh, to run against the guy who picked him out of basically total obscurity. And to do this, uh, it's bad news. You want to pump up the volume here? Should we do this now? Yay! All right, it's going to be a while. They're going to clap for a bit. I Before, stop. They're going to, uh, one of the reasons why he's getting in now is because he's pretty sure, and a lot of people are sure, that Trump is going to get indicted this week over the documents. Uh, phony case, totally phony case, and it's phonier than I originally thought. So he leaves office, Trump, on January, this was all a great big setup. It was all a trap, a trap set up by the swamp. This is a very sharp guy, Timothy Parlatore. He was one of Trump's lawyers. Listen to this. Did you know this? Cut 20. 
The negotiation is over the next two years after any president leaves office, they're supposed to go through all of the records mm -hmm. and they're supposed to separate out what is personal, what is presidential. Right. Personal they get to keep, all presidential records end up at the National Archives headquarters in D.C. This ordinarily happens where NARA gets a facility in the town where the president has moved to, uh, so in Chicago for Obama, down in Texas for the, uh, the Bushes, mm -hmm. and all of them are held in that facility. Here, what NARA did instead is they chose not to get a facility like that. They had GSA move everything to his house, mm -hmm. and then were asking him to immediately send everything from his house back up to D.C., where he wouldn't be able to go through them yeah. as convenient. It's a, it was a trap, and we looked it up. Yes, they got a great big warehouse for Obama in Chicago. They put all the documents there right away, right after Obama left. They got a great big warehouse for uh George W. Bush in Louisville, Texas, and they did the same thing for Bill Clinton in Little Rock, Arkansas. They didn't do it for Trump. I got the addresses. I got pictures of the facilities that they uh, they they took out. They rented. It's amazing. Total setup. All right, let's go back to uh, Mikey Pence here. He's uh, his big day. Oh, he just said Hawkeye State. Like anybody cares. They always try to get in so with the we people. Thank you all for being here. Hmm. We're truly grateful, all of you that have come from near and far. I stand before you today deeply humbled. As a son of the heartland, the grandson of an Irish immigrant. Oh, gosh, it's the same junk from the video. My dad was a combat veteran in the Korean War. My mom, a first-generation Irish-American, who's 91 years young, and looking on from home today. Hi, Mom. Chris Christie pulled this stuff with the parents last uh, last night. His ninety year old dad was there. Hey, we're all we're over this schmaltz. What skill do you have? You know what? I already know you're a disloyal person, so I'm not interested. But I am curious. Keep going. Keep going. An artist, a pilot, and the best second lady the United States of America has ever had. Would you join me in thanking my amazing wife? Karen Pence. Now, how many second ladies of America can you mention? Could you name Rosalind Carter, Nancy Reagan, Hillary? I don't know. The best ever. Whatever. Um, very disappointed in Mike. And uh, this will be the last of it. He's really sucking up to Iowa, the Hawkeye State. Does anybody ever call New York the Empire State? Right? We got a building. We don't call it the Empire State. Enough with the nicknames. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Is I'm going to balance the federal budget. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Um, I don't believe you. I don't believe you have the ability. I just don't think uh, this is. Hey, you can be governor of a of a small state, but now you can't be president of the United States. Uh, no, no. I guess Trump picked him because uh, there was some concern on the um, the right flank. I guess at the time he wanted to. 
reassure like the right uh far right conservatives that he was good on social issues and uh he doesn't have to do that anymore. And oh by the way, I hate the term far right. We're not far right at all. <laughs> I mean, the idea that we don't think um gender is a topic that should be discussed between teachers and children, uh that's not radical, that's not far right. It's not radical or far right to believe that we need a border. No. Or that drag queens should keep their distance from children and parents should be informed and have a say in the education of uh, of their kids, that their kids should not be exposed to pornography, at least in the school library. It's hard enough with this damn cell phone everywhere. So that none of that stuff is right wing. None of it. Hey, um, and here's something else about Pence. This guy could have stopped January 6th. All right. Now, a lot of us believe that he did have constitutional leeway on January 6th, where he could have sent those electoral votes back to the states, not one man overturning the election, but the vice president in his role as president of the Senate saying these votes do not look in my judgment. These uh, votes are are in question and we will send them back to the state capitals, uh, not all states, just a couple. Madison, Wisconsin, uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Phoenix, Arizona. What's the capital of Arizona? What's the capital of Nevada? I think it's Carson City. Everybody wants to say Las Vegas. Just send it back to the state capitals. Make sure it's okay, and then send it back to us. And if it's good, we'll certify it. If it's not, uh, there's a procedure for that, actually. There is. The House of Representatives could have voted on the next president. It wasn't one man, Mike. Don't flatter yourself. But you knew you were not going to do any of that, and you could have said so out loud. Instead, you teased MAGA. You uh, you try to play footsie. You try to send a signal that, yeah, I'm going to do something when you really weren't going to do anything. This is January 4th of 2021, two days before the 6th, right? Speaking in Atlanta. Go ahead. Please. I share the concerns of millions of Americans about voting irregularities. And I promise you, come this Wednesday, we'll have our day in Congress. We'll hear the objections. We'll hear the evidence. But tomorrow is Georgia's day. I share the- All right. You hear that? We'll hear the evidence. I mean, that was a he was he was sending a signal. He should have sent another signal. The Constitution says I can do nothing as vice president. Now, we disagree with that. And people can disagree with that under the Electoral Count Act of 1887, under Article uh, it's an Article two, I think. Uh, people disagree about what the Constitution says all the time, about how to interpret laws all the time. You can disagree with that. You could have said that your position is such, and that's what you're saying with. But no, you didn't. You gave uh, you gave hope, and that's why a lot of people, you know, things would not have gotten out of hand. I mean, things wouldn't even gotten out of to a start if you had said that. If you had been uh, upfront with the American people, how do I know you're going to be upfront with the American people ever again? Okay, let me hear from Pete outside, please, Pete. Hello, Greg. Uh, can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Uh, look. Uh- Number one, uh, I want to say that you have a great show, and I'm a frequent listener to WABC. I listen daily, and uh, all the hosts besides yourself are, I think, very stellar stellar in what they do. Uh, The reason I'm calling to get away from the the sorry state of politics that's going on today is I wanted to talk about the smog situation with these Canada wildfires. What? And, uh, And... I was a sailor, and I know you were a former Marine, and Semper Fi to you, coming from a sailor. And I think we were both signed to the same ship. I was assigned to the USS John F. Kennedy from 1986 to 1990. 
And I believe you were on board. I don't know if you were on board at the time I was on board. I was on board but, once on uh, July 4th, 1986, uh, Statue of Liberty Centennial. I remember it well. Met the world that day. It was really cool. Anyway, that's great. That's great. Four years on an aircraft carrier. So uh, what what can I do for you? I just wanted to comment on the smog situation. I went outside and I smelled the atmosphere. And you, being a seafarer, you could probably... You'll you'll be very attuned to this. What? I just smelled smoke, man. I don't know anything about boats, to be honest. I've been on boats, but I don't know how to drive them, steer them, sail them. Uh, no, it's got it's got it's got nothing to do with the uh, the ship itself. What it is is if you're on a deployment and you're at sea for X number of months or weeks, and you get close to land, you can actually smell land. And when I went out yesterday and today, I got like a flashback of being at sea because it smelled the same. Huh. Felt like I was being, I felt like I was at sea and I'm like, okay, we're in the middle of the Mediterranean, but we're getting close to shore because I can smell land. You know, and I thought maybe you went through that. I don't, I'm not really sure. Interesting. I don't recall ever, you know, uh, no, I don't recall ever smelling it. I do remember this once I went to bed and we were in the middle of the ocean and I went out and then uh, I slept in the next morning and I get out, I open the hatch, and I go outside, and uh, the biggest city I've ever seen in my life is there, Hong Kong. It's like you're you're you're. It's like a cruise ship. I've never really been on a cruise ship, but you go from your surroundings, your bed goes all over the world. And I open the I open the door, and there was Hong Kong. It's like almost knocked me over. I wasn't expecting it. I knew we were going to be there soon, but I didn't expect it like that. Anyway, Pete, uh, it's kind of it's it's not unpleasant, right? This is not unpleasant in a weird way. Um, it's not unpleasant. And, uh, you know, I spent uh, my four years working in the bow on catapult number one in the bow cats, launching jets. Uh, we had A6 intruders and all. Uh, you Were you attached to an A6 squadron? No, no, I was an uh, What the hell did I fly? Uh, Harriers, but I flew A4s and I uh, did get slung off of uh, several aircraft carriers during carrier qualifications. That's pretty cool. It's an amazing system. Everybody should Google. Um, the John F. Kennedy aircraft carrier or any aircraft carrier and watch one of those documentaries. It's amazing. And Pete, that's really cool that you did all that stuff. Thank you very much for calling. Keep in touch. A lot of people are saying, uh, the whole thing about what did Mike Pence say? To whom much is given, much is expected. And I said, he didn't say that. And he's acting like he said it. He didn't say that. I said, Jackie Gleason said it, maybe Aristotle. It turns out Luke in the Bible said it, the gospel of Luke. It's in there. Or at least it was written by him. I don't know if Jesus said it. I think Luke said it. Anyway, that's, uh, it was, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. And that's, uh, that's beautiful. By the way, if the Bible intimidates you, um, and it can because it's so big and daunting, um, may I recommend some of the smaller, uh, epistles? You can, you can read, uh, Colossians. You can read, uh, Ephesians and you can read it in basically one sitting and take notes. I've started to do that. I started to take notes and, uh, Pretty amazing things happen. Pretty amazing things. You know, this one woman told me she reads the Bible and every now and then her faith wavers. And I know some people will be like, uh, this is not, you're not supposed, I think it's fine. And, and well, she said, give me a sign, God. And she said, let me hear the word caterpillar sometime in the next week. And she heard the word caterpillar. I don't know. Does it work like that? And, um, it, I, I think sometimes it does, actually. One day I said, I'd like to hear the word locomotive. And six hours later, my daughter, we're making a uh, 
you know, we're playing outside, the family, right? And she goes, let's make a train, Daddy. And she, you be at the front of the train. You move the train. And not only did I hear the word locomotive, I was the locomotive. You know, God can exceed your your wildest expectations and dreams. I never would have dreamt that. Would you? I mean, you know what I mean, right? Anyway, amazing things happen when you start reading the uh, the Bible. Hey, back to the archive situation. Um, once again, the National Archives set up Donald Trump. They have so many rules, so many procedures, so many systems, and I think they deliberately tried to get Trump in trouble. Now, they work with other swamp characters, swamp presidents, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, Barack Obama. I went back to the archives. They keep good records. I will give them that. And listen to this move of the George W. Bush presidential records and gifts. January 15th, 2009, the National Archives will host a one-time-only media opportunity to brief the press on the move of the George W. Presidential, George W. Bush presidential records and to film and photograph a selection of presidential gifts. Uh, let's see here. The collection it will be transferred to a temporary library facility in Louisville, Texas approximately 20 miles from the permanent library site on the campus of Southern Methodist University. It was still being built at that point. For background on what has happened since the National So they did it for George W. Bush. They did it for uh, Bill Clinton. Let's see here. Uh, for Barack Obama, the records of the Obama administration, this is from the Archives website, will be housed in a converted furniture warehouse and showroom in Hoffman Estates, a suburban community 30 miles northwest of Chicago. And for Bill Clinton, what do they do? They got some place in in Little Rock. They even have the address here. It was a lot of stuff. Two Boeing 747 cargo planes full of records. And they got a very special facility. They didn't do it for Trump, and I think they did it on purpose. And they immediately, this is a very important statement from Trump attorney that you've never heard before. And I think it blows the case wide open. And he actually, you know, he raises it. He kind of like, ooh, like, this is for some reason. And I think they're going to cite this reason very soon. Cut 20. One more time. Timothy Parlator. The negotiation is over the next two years after any president leaves office, they're supposed to go through all of the records Mm -hmm. and they're supposed to separate out what is personal, what is presidential. Right. Personal they get to keep. All presidential records end up at the National Archives headquarters in D.C. This ordinarily happens where NARA gets a facility in the town where the president has moved to. Uh, So in Chicago for Obama, down in Texas for the the Bushes. Mm -hmm. And all of them are held in that facility. Here, what NARA did instead is they chose not to get a facility like that. They had GSA move everything to his house, mm-hmm. and then were asking him to immediately send everything from his house back up to D.C., where he wouldn't be able to go through them yeah. as convenient. That's fascinating, isn't it? I mean, that's – and you haven't heard that before. And, oh, by the way, there was no follow-up from uh, Chuck Todd or anybody else, because I heard that twice last week. And the National Archives, they are woke as hell. And they are very, very swampy and very, very deep statey. Listen to this. This is the director of the National Archives talking about he's a white man, right? Now, he's had the job. And guess who he thinks should get it next? 
somebody who's not a white man. The the oh, this is textbook virtue signaling. Cut twenty two, please. Cut twenty two. Uh, there's never been a female archivist, has there? No, I would. And that that's advice I've given to the White House already. That you better not hire another white feet male. <laughs> um, that we've had ten white males. <laughs> but you're you're okay. I, I noticed you didn't resign, white man. You did not resign, but others. They're not even eligible because of something they can't control, their gender, their uh, ethnicity, their race, right? But you can, and look at how, I mean, look at the cred you get for that. Ooh, wow, that's that's really something. You know, Trump called out these people for the leftists that they are at the recent town hall uh, that CNN hosted. Cut 21. I was negotiating with NARA. Do you know what NARA is? The National Archives. Extremely, extremely left group of people. Extremely left. And I was negotiating with them. All of a sudden, they raided my house. You hear that? That was Caitlin Collin. They're not left. They're bipartisan. Who, by the way, is that a human being? I'm sorry. That's kind of mean, but I've seen her anchor the news now. She is a robot. And did you hear the head of CNN had to resign? Basically got fired because, well, here's the thing. And it's actually not a good sign for Trump. Um, Trump went into that CNN town hall and owned it, right? He owned it, even though there was an anti-Trumper trying to trip him up right to his face, contesting everything he said, but he owned that room, and that made the left furious. And this is a this is a casualty. He got fired because of that town hall. Yeah, there were a few other things going on, but that town hall is what did him in. And what was wrong with the town hall? Trump won. And you can never let Trump win. That's the whole thing. Not if you're a state election official in certain states, and certainly not if you are a television executive with many of the networks out there. So with that guy losing his job, I mean, now, you know what they're going to come up with? They're going to come up with systems to cut his mic. They're going to come up with, uh, I don't know, like bouncers from Jerry Springer will come in. They're just going to... They will try to shut him down. They will try to humiliate him, which they can't do. They'll only humiliate themselves. But this is um, this is very significant. It doesn't matter basically to you and me. Who cares who's running CNN? It's going to it's going to impact how, how networks treat Trump going forward. Um, I gotta go. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, wow, it's really wild outside now. It's getting kind of windy. It's getting more and more, I want to say golden, rust-colored, kind of this dark, burnt orange I love it. It's cozy. I don't know what the hell it is, but I think it's really interesting. Big fire in Canada. You know, we know we're not dying. This is not the end of the world. All the smoke blew down from Canada. That's what we're dealing with. And it smells like wood smoke. It smells like a fire. And I'm enjoying the heck out of it. I don't know what it is. It wasn't like this this morning. I know it was really intense last night. And, um, but it's, it was kind of clear in the morning. I went running this morning. Uh, Big Rocky Balboa I am all of a sudden. I think it's delightful. Uh, what do you think, John? Hello? Hey, Greg. Yeah, this is a lot better than uh, the California fires. The California fires end up with uh, San Francisco human poop. We don't need that. This was just like, you know, refresh trees. Like we used to go upstate, 
after a bonfire, after having a barbecue with your friends, way better, way better. Well, anyway, yeah, the visibility thing, I don't want it to stick around for too long. I mean, it is, it does seem kind of unnatural at the same time. This is summertime, right? This is June. What is it now? June 7th. I see that planes are still taking off and landing at Newark airport, at least. Um, but man, it's, it's wild. All right. Let's, uh, there's something else I needed to get to, if you don't mind. Uh, we did the Chris Christie thing. Oh, who remembers Nancy Reagan? What an amazing woman. You know, she had that Just Say No campaign that they laughed at and they put it down. Do you know, in the advertising world, that's considered one of the most successful um, uh, ad campaigns, public awareness campaigns in history? And they enlisted celebrities. This is back when our country was not crazy. Uh, can you imagine anybody like Clint Eastwood? They don't make them like Clint Eastwood anymore. Clint Eastwood's still around, by the way. But listen to this. Cut 29, please. See this cute little vial here? That's crack, rock cocaine, the most addictive form. You think it's the glamour drug of the 80s? Well, that's the point of this fronted little reminder. It can kill you. And if you've got to die for something, this sure as hell ain't it. In the next few months, the motion picture industry and theater owners will be bringing you a series of messages like the one you just saw. I don't think anybody will miss the point. The thrill can kill. The drug dealers need to know that we want them out of our schools, neighborhoods, and our lives. Wow. Hollywood and a Republican administration working together to save lives. Fast forward uh, 40 years or so. Where are we? Cut 30, please. Local news report from Channel 11. Cut 30. People are preparing to shoot up or smoke their heroin and other illegal drugs with clean needles and other paraphernalia provided. There's oxygen and Narcan on hand to rescue people from overdose, which happens around two or three times a day. We won't try to convince people to stop taking the drugs. We'll just say if you overdose, here's some Narcan. And uh, if you're going to shoot up, you're going to shoot up. Um, just use a clean needle. Great. You think we're... Uh, a society in decline? Absolutely. Oh, speaking of which, I did not help matters. Just down the block, I was walking down the street, and I knew something was going on behind me. I heard what sounded like a deranged man making noise, and then I heard the noise getting closer to me. You know, That kind of stuff. And I made the mistake of turning around and looking at him and making eye contact. Big mistake. That got his attention, and he started getting closer and closer and closer. Now, I got to stop and turn around and make sure he doesn't come near me. And he walked right up to me. So I walk into the street about six feet away, then about eight feet away, and he's on the sidewalk, and he's going, making no sense. And um, I am, um, I look, I walked away. I didn't say, I didn't stand my ground. You know what I mean? He's allowed to say, if he wants to. I didn't think it was very nice, and uh, but what did I do? What do you think I did? In the middle of his little breakdown there, and he's mad as hell at me. I didn't do anything. You know what I did? I looked at him and I did. I did. I mimicked him, which I think would be a <laughs> an escalatory act. You know what I mean? It probably would have made an angry guy angrier. Felt very bad about that. Should not have done that. I just uh, whatever. But I did it, and. Um, uh, he didn't. He, he kept on doing his thing. I walked across the street. Then I had a. St- 
was, anyway, it was it was it was terrible. Don't agitate an agitated person. Never again. Thank you. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, it's getting it's getting worse outside. It's it's getting uh, a little bit crazy now. It's more orange. And here's the thing. Here's why I'm not I'm not liking it right now. I can smell it inside. I can start. Yeah, you can smell it inside. It's one thing that you came inside and you can smell it. And I don't mind the smell, but I mind smelling it inside. That's a little much. I'm looking outside on Third Avenue. Everybody has their lights on. Cars have their lights on. It's 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 wild. It's gotten darker, more orange, and uh, smellier, more pungent. Although it's not the worst smell in the world, I don't want to smell it indoors. This is all for a bunch of uh, fires up in in Canada. I remember this happening a few years ago, something similar, but I don't remember it going orange like this. It's uh, it's interesting and. I don't know about you, but there wasn't all that much attention about this yesterday. Was there? I mean, I, yeah, I came out at 10 o'clock. What, what the hell is that? And the cab driver was con- was uh, surprised I hadn't heard about it, but I hadn't. I'm like, I, I knew it was going to rain, but what's going on here? And anyway, so how long is this going to last? A couple of days, they say. And we're not the only ones. There are other cities in the Northeast, uh, East Coast, uh, seeing this kind of stuff. It's a little bit, you know what the mood is like? A little bit when there's an eclipse. You know, when there's an eclipse and everybody's kind of like, ooh, what's going on? And and it gets kind of dark like this. It gets, this is kind of eclipsy. It's kind of eclipsy. Do you watch reality TV? I hope not. If you've got enough time, if, if, if your life is so perfect that you can check out and watch reality TV and the the, the stupidity of it all, and the phoniness, oh, by the way, it's not real. It's totally phony and scripted and contrived. Is your life that good, that set up, that you can, uh, that there, everything is in place? And uh, I'm amazed. I am amazed. I got a lot of friends who watch reality TV, and uh, I don't get it. Every now and then, I, nope, I still don't get it. I don't want to get it. I, there's not enough time, and it doesn't matter what. There's just more worthwhile things to do, don't you think? Um and somebody said, well, it's it's a stress reliever. I'm like, well, stress, what's your stress? Well, uh, my kids and uh, work and life. I'm like, wow, wow, that's so, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like that should be, I know there are challenges, but we they were saying they want to escape from their life with this, with reality TV. And um, it's incredible that people make money doing this. Who's the guy who in, invented reality TV? Is it Andy Cohen from Bravo? I mean, the, the new genre. They've had reality TV for a long time, actually, various uh, uh, iterations of it. I'm looking at the Fox guy on TV. He can't get anybody to talk to him. <laughs> you just No one will stop and talk to him. Uh, you know, the little trick there um, for the reporter is go up to somebody in a car. I've stood on the street for uh, an hour trying to get sound bites, and I can do it, but sometimes... You can go up to any car with a microphone, and they will roll down the window, and they will talk to you. Ninety-nine times out of a hundred, it's kind of amazing. There's something I think it's because they feel safe, and they feel like they're being tended to, and that you might have something good to offer. I don't know. Something is. Uh, it's interesting though. It always, it never, almost never failed. Um, you heard about the pipeline, the Nord Stream Two pipeline. I always got a little bit confused about the entire issue. 
Um, Nord Stream 2 pipeline, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Well, um, you know, they it blew up last September. And it was a mystery, but everybody was trying to say that the Russians did it. The Russians, the Russians, the Russians, uh, cut 18, please. Cut eight. Nope. Make it, make it, make it 17. Cut 17. But you also asked me, uh, earlier about the pipeline. And let me say this. It was a, a deliberate act of sabotage. And now the Russians are pumping out disinformation and lies. We're going to work with our allies to get to the bottom exactly what, it, precisely what happened. That's a little disinformation and misinformation right there. They knew what happened. They knew the Ukrainians did it. Yes, there's actually some Washington Post reporting that I actually believe. And um, the Biden administration knew in uh, June that the Ukrainians had detailed plans to take out the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. And they did it. Now, why do they do it? Uh, it gets a little, my understanding is the thinking of the Ukrainians was that if the energy stops flowing from Russia to Europe, those European countries would get scared, they'd get nervous, they'd worry about their energy supply, and they'd be more likely to help Ukraine in its war with Russia. More likely to give it money, give it tanks, give it armament, that kind of thing. The whole idea that it was Russia, though, it didn't wash with a lot of us. That Russia would do this, it didn't make sense. But that they, that's what they were, they were pushing that one big time. Remember something else that they pushed big time? That Lee Harvey Oswald shot John F. Kennedy by himself, lone gunman, right? One, one guy, one twenty-four-year-old misfit named Lee Harvey Oswald, who, oh by the way, used to live on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Did you know that he lived on? He lived on. Uh, he lived in Manhattan and he lived in the Bronx. His mother was a nut job, Marguerite. Everything, it was her fault, quite frankly. Sorry, but it was. Uh, I actually talked once to Lee Harvey Oswald. Why am I talking about the assassination? Well, a couple of things. It's the 60th anniversary this year of the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Also, Robert F. Kennedy, JFK's uncle, was just talking about it on a podcast with Mike Tyson. And guess what? They kicked it off the Internet for a little while. Can you believe that? Robert F. Kennedy Jr. can't talk about his theories of who killed his uncle, who killed his dad. Cut 34, please. Cut 34. Paul Trade has never believed that Sirhan killed my father. Wow. If Sirhan had pleaded innocent, there was no way that he could have gotten convicted because the bullets that were in his gun, the bullets that killed my father did not match the ballistics of the bullets in his gun. Or the bullets that hit the other eight people in the room. Cover up big time. Cover up big time, Mike Tyson says. Sirhan Sirhan, who is still in prison, still alive and still in prison for killing Robert F. Kennedy in uh, the summer of 1968. Isn't that wild? He also had some thoughts about the CIA and what they may have done to his uncle. And, uh, you know, I used to think that Lee Harvey Oswald did this himself. Uh, not anymore. No, too much has happened. Um the government, I know a lot more about the government now than I did when I was, well, having those naive thoughts that only Lee Harvey Oswald did it and did it by himself. But he did live on, on the Upper East Side on East 92nd Street, 325 East 92nd Street, between 1st and 2nd Avenue. The address is actually in the Warren Commission report. And um, it's just kind of wild. Everything everything happens in New York. Sooner or later, everybody comes to New York. Uh, I talked once to Lee Harvey Oswald's brother, Robert who was a total class act. He died about two years ago. Uh, but I talked to him on the phone, and he is convinced, was convinced, that it was his 
brother and his brother alone. But just a look, let's face it. Somebody in your family is accused of killing the president. That's one of the worst things that could ever happen, right? I mean, the family, my gosh, the Oswald named this day. But as horrible a burden as that was, uh, he bored as well as anybody. He was, he was inspirational, actually. A really good man, uh, Robert Oswald and, uh, a Marine, by the way. And, uh, yeah, the mom was, was total, a total lunatic. Really bad news. And, uh, he, and Robert actually has talked about that, that the, the mother, you know, she's moving him around and leaving him in orphanages, just all kinds of messy stuff. And uh, they lived in the Bronx. They then they moved back to New Orleans. And uh, so, will we ever know? I mean, they—that's uh, what Trump has got to do when he gets back in, huh? Release all of that stuff. Hey, you know when they call it the drive-by? Who called it the drive-by media? Rush Limbaugh, of course he did. He was fantastic. <laughs> He's so insightful. Do we we miss Rush? He was great. Gosh, I uh, seriously, he he made sense of it all. But this is the drive-by media for you. Fox News, even Fox News. I mean, they all do this, but tell me what this sounds like to you. Does it sound like you're going to learn anything about anything if you sit around listening to Fox News all day? Here's their report from The Campaign Trail, uh, cut 35. Correspondent Rich Edson has this report on how the candidates are jockeying for headlines. For Republicans, it all begins with Governor Kim Reynolds' state. Iowa is the first contest in the Republican presidential nominating process. The caucuses are early next year. GOP candidates are already campaigning in the state. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis launched his first campaign tour in Des Moines Tuesday and ripped chief rival and frontrunner, former President Donald Trump. We also recognize there are a lot of voters just aren't going to ever vote for him. We just have to accept that. Trump also courted Iowa voters at several events and intensified his criticism of DeSantis. You don't want him. You don't want him as your president. Wow. And it goes on like that. Just more of that. More of that. You know? Somebody went here, and then they went there, and somebody went over there, and then they said this, and somebody said this about what they were told, and he called you this. What do you say to that? Oh, I call him that. You know, Trump said, and by I, I counted three seconds of material there. He was on the great. He spoke for hours in Iowa, and that's what they gave us. You don't want him as your president, like as if that's all he said. What were the big things that they said? Jockeying for headlines. Uh, it all begins in Iowa. Uh, Iowa is the earliest, uh, one of the early states, and they're all campaigning. Yeah, I know all of this. Tell us stuff we don't know. The drive-by media. They fly in, they do the minimal work, and then they get the hell out. They don't talk to people, they don't actually learn anything, and they don't know anything, so they can't share anything. He ripped Donald Trump. He ripped Donald Trump. And people don't like him. Donald Trump intensified his, uh, his attack. You don't want that guy. I mean, this is very high school, and that's the fake news for you. Um, I already mentioned that CNN guy is gone, Chris Licht. That's going to uh, eh, may, may not mean anything. I think basically, though, they're going to come after Trump even harder because he will be seen as a casualty. This is what happens to you if you're in the fake news and you don't go after Trump uh, hard enough, right? Makes sense? Uh, let me try. Sandra, welcome back. Hi. Hi, Greg. Um, you know, you might want to wear a mask when you walk home tonight because it's 15 blocks and they say 
you should do that. That's just because I You know what? What the hell is the mask going to do? Seriously, I'm still going to smell it. I mean, didn't we learn from COVID that the masks don't work? I I thought about that today because I saw some people wearing masks. I mean, I wore a mask for a grand total of 10 seconds the entirety of COVID. You know what I mean? If I was somewhere, they, I, I, that's it. I'm not going to wear a mask. I, uh, although if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. I just, you're still going to smell it, whatever. And, um, uh, how are you? How is it in New Jersey? It, it's, uh, you know, I'll tell you my apartment, which is usually very sunny at this time, it's really dark and I have a light on because I want to read and uh, I had a headache and I'm wondering if that has anything to do with this. I don't know. What do you think of the migrant? How is this going to affect the migrants? I know. I'm only kidding. Like, everything seems to be migrant oriented these days. All right. You wanted to say something about Chris Christie? Yes, I did. I wanted to say, don't kick a dog when it's down. That's what I think Christie did. And I find that to be mean and cruel. And during his talk with that group, you know, he was talking about presidents like Washington, Adams, Jefferson, Madison, Ben Franklin, talking about the character traits that they had. You know, I like to leave that to Barbara Samuel. She talks with genuine caring. This, to me, was very contrived and very fake. It just did not suit his talk. That's yeah, what I picked it, up it on It was that. contrived. It was fake. You're right. And he's trying to compare himself to those guys. And he was so full of himself. I, he was, uh, you know, you can tell he hadn't had that much attention in a long time. So it was like really kind of fueling him too much, too much. When you're not used to working crowds like that, you don't know how to do it, and he was overreacting to the crowd, and he was overstimulized by stimulated by it. But wait, what's the dog? You say don't kick a dog when it's down. What are you talking about? Who? What dog? Thing when Who? the dog is down. Yeah, I know. What dog? What dog? Oh, any any dog, well, I guess. Well, what dog? I mean, well, what you're speaking metaphorically. So, what dog? We, he kicked a dog when he was down. Are you saying you're kicking? Oh. What? I mean Donald Trump. I thought Donald that's Trump. what you were getting at. Come on, he's no dog, and he's not down. No, all right, no, he's not no, down. I don't mean he that. likes no. it. He thrives like this. There's nobody else like him. He can. I know you didn't mean it that well. You know, look, kicking a dog when he's down. That makes it sound like our guy is pathetic and down and out. He's not. Uh, he's gonna triumph, and it would be something if these guys, instead of uh, trying to steal it from him. Uh, rallied around them, perhaps, because we could use that. We really could. Uh, he's the only one. I knew that. You know what he said yesterday? He said, I will be your steward, and I will work night and day to make this country a little bit greater. That was his, That's what he wants to do, a little bit greater. Well, number one, we're not great right now, all right? We are a failing nation. He didn't say anything like that. He didn't say anything. He said... It was bad. It was... Wait, do I want to do one? Do we have... Uh, right when I come back. Thank you, Sandra, very much. Greg Kelly, Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, hey, in these uncertain times, we have a message from our governor, Kathy Hochul. Hmm, let's see here. Governor Kathy Hochul on Twitter. Judge Caitlin Halligan has served New Yorkers admirably throughout her career in public service. And today, I was proud to celebrate her investiture. Uh, in other words, putting her on the Court of Appeals. With her addition to the bench, there is once again a majority of women on the state's highest court! Exclamation point. Wow. Wow. It's anybody, you could live to be a thousand years old and know, and live and, and never go anywhere outside of New York and no one would ever, ever, ever bring that up to you. 
except our dopey, vapid, vain governor does not know how to do a thing. Oh, and here's here's an example of that. Right after she hit that, she, oh, New Yorkers need to hear from their governor right now. Are you ready? As haze and smoke from Canadian wildfires continue to spread, much of New York State is expected to experience unhealthy air quality today. Please take steps to stay safe. <coughs> wow. How about that, huh? Stay indoors if possible and limit strenuous activities. Right, the governor. Okay. What kind of sheep do we think, does she think we are? Who, who I mean, they have a very low opinion of us. I saw that from Chris Christie last night, oh, by the way. You know, that kind of man in the arena stuff, like, look at me. Look at me. That's what it was all about. Look at me. He's a detention. I want to, I'm going to use a bad word here. Whore. That's what he is. A whore. Sorry, but it's true. Cut five. If you are in search of the perfect candidate, it is time to leave. I am not it. And not only am I not the perfect candidate, I'm far from the perfect person. I've lived a life at 60 years old now that have had enormous, enormous highs. Honors and privileges that as a child I could have never, ever imagined. That's it. You know what the big one was? Meeting the Queen of England. So what? Um, big deal. We know you, Chris Christie. We saw your antics on the boardwalk, on the beach, with those cones. We saw now how you have turned on Donald Trump after you tried to help him in 2020. Now you're uh, stabbing him in the front and the back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Beware of the leader in this country who you have handed leadership to, who has never made a mistake, who has never done anything wrong, who when something goes wrong, it's always someone else's fault, and who has never lost. Okay, what's the problem? I like people who don't lose. <laughs> I like people who don't lose. It's funny. One of the reasons why they hate Trump is because he won the very first time out. The very first time out, he wins. He knocks it out of the park. Uh, nobody does that. All right. The only other person in history, I think in American history, well, in recent American history, by that I mean 50, 60, 70 years, uh, Eisenhower. Eisenhower runs, first time out, becomes president of the United States. Why? Because he had world-class skill and talent in something, like Donald Trump did. What is What world-class skill does Chris Christie have? You know, walking around and uh, and calling people idiot? I mean, that's how, let's face it, that's how he became uh, a hot commodity for about 20 minutes in 2011. And that's why he thinks he can be president, because it all went to his head. I showed it last night. There's like a million headlines uh, from 10 years ago that he can be president. I'm going to be president. He's a, he was really thinking about it. It got to him and he's kicking himself ever since for not running for president. All right. So, uh, the London fog, Hey, you know, London fog, the raincoat, you know, it actually comes from London smog and it was, uh, it was like the factory stuff. It wasn't fog from rain. It was from the factories 
Now, what have we set up here at uh, WABC? We have a special room with like seven air purifiers right down the hall, and I went in, and the air is beautiful. It's cool, and it's so clean. I really do smell this stuff. It's um, So you got to take care, and you know who you are if there's an issue here. If there's an issue, you want to avoid this stuff. Uh, it's a little bit less gold than it was 10 minutes ago. It's a little bit lighter. I don't know what it's, they say. It's going to be a couple of days. This morning, it was almost normal. This morning, it was almost normal. All right, so, hey, Trump put out a very interesting rumble. Um, you know, the, the Trump, what, what is his name? Christie was just kind of insulting him and saying all this silly stuff. Trump is actually talking about important issues. You ready for this? Go ahead. In recent decades, there has been an unexplained and alarming growth in the prevalence of chronic illnesses and health problems, especially in children. We've seen a stunning rise in autism, autoimmune disorders, obesity, infertility, serious allergies, and respiratory challenges. It's time to ask, what is going on? Is it the food that they eat, the environment that we live in? the over-prescription of certain medications? Is it the toxins and chemicals that are present in our homes? Every year we spend hundreds of billions of dollars to treat these chronic problems rather than looking at what is causing them in the first place. Too often our public health establishment is too close to Big Pharma. They make a lot of money, Big Pharma. Big corporations and other special interests and does not want to ask the tough questions about what is happening to our children's health. If Big Pharma defrauds American patients and taxpayers or puts profits above people, they must be investigated and held accountable. When I'm back in the White House, I will establish a special presidential commission of independent minds who are not bought and paid for by Big Pharma, and I will charge them with investigating what is causing the decades-long increase in chronic illnesses. I understand Big Pharma, I believe, better than anybody else. I know where they're coming from. And then I will ask them to publish recommendations for how every American child can have a safe and healthy childhood. This is a conversation that is long overdue, and it's a conversation that American families deserve. American families must have this conversation, and they must have a leader, a president, who can do something about this problem. And I will do that. Thank you. Excellent, excellent, excellent. You know, uh, rogue prosecutors coming after him all the time, all kinds of uh, traps they've set up. But he's talking about issues. He's talking about serious matters. And I've heard politicians rail about drug prices from time to time, but never that stuff. Never what he talked about. The over, did, he, did you catch that overprescription? Is it related to the over? Are we overprescribing? You know, 1980, you go back to 1980, we basically had no school shootings. We also did not have half the kids on various drugs, you know, various psychotropic drugs. I'm not going to name them. I don't want to get sued right now. I don't know if there is a correlation or not. However, on some of those things, you hear it on the commercial, they say, watch out, there could be suicidal ideations. Well, suicidal is uh, kind of like you open fire at a school. That's uh, that's kind of suicidal, homicidal and suicidal. Does it have something to do with all that stuff? Because we've been chock full of guns in this country for a very long time. That was a really great statement and good for him. Well, everybody's just like Chris Christie's 
That was a pathetic thing last night. I have not. He also made a very silly mistake. He said that John F. Kennedy just decided we're going to go to the moon, and he announced it, and we went to the moon. And he basically said because Kennedy was that kind of guy, just force of will. And it was just an out-of-the-blue statement. We didn't, we didn't even have astronauts, he said last night. And Kennedy comes out with his pledge, we're going to go to the moon by the end of the decade. Well, Alan Shepard was the first man in space two weeks earlier, all right? The whole um, Mercury program, they already had it all set up, all designed. Granted, we had a lot of work to do, but they all had it. It was all planned out. It wasn't John F. Kennedy's idea. It's just some politician who came in. They were looking for stuff for his State of the Union. Oh, this is in the works. Let's, yeah, that's a, that was a weird factual error on his part. What was the other thing? Ooh, this story is getting a lot of attention in the Wall Street Journal. Listen to this. You know how they're always bumping conservatives for saying stuff? You know, they kicked Robert F. Kennedy off of Instagram. Vivek Ramatswamy, they kicked him off of LinkedIn because he was saying stuff about China that, what, the big brother, big tech doesn't like? Listen to this. Instagram, the popular social media site owned by Meta, helps connect and promote a vast network of accounts openly devoted to the commission and purchase of underage sex content. According to investigations by the Wall Street Journal and researchers at Stanford University and the University of Massachusetts, pedophiles have long used the Internet, but unlike the forums and file transfer services that cater to people who have interest in illicit content, Instagram does not merely host these activities. Its algorithms promote them. Instagram connects pedophiles and guides them to content sellers via recommendation systems that excel at linking those who share niche interests, the journal and the academic researchers found. Though out of sight for most on the platform, the sexualized accounts on Instagram are brazen about their interest. The researchers found that Instagram enabled people to search explicit hashtags such as Pedo whore. Oh my gosh. Hashtag pedo whore and hashtag preteen sex and connected them to accounts that use the terms to advertise child sex material for them. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Such accounts often claim to be run by the children themselves and use overtly sexual handles, incorporating such words as little. Oh gosh, this is disgusting <laughs> stuff. And what do they do? Where has the focus been, right? Hate speech. I can't talk about my concerns about the vaccine on Facebook, but this is being facilitated by Facebook. I can't talk about the election and how I believe it just may have been stolen, but pedophiles are being assisted. That is insane. But how does it go? I am shocked, but, but not surprised. Not surprised. Let's see if there's anything. It really is gross. I tell you, the Wall Street Journal, they're a little bit genteel for my taste in terms of their politics on the editorial page, but they got some great reporters. Instagram accounts offering to sell illicit sex material generally don't publish it openly, instead posting menus of content. Certain accounts invite buyers to commission specific acts. Some menus include prices for videos of children harming themselves and imagery of, oh gosh, it's going on and on and on and on and on. Hideous, 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 hideous. I gotta put this down. I'm going to be ill. 
Um, how dare they? And I think, well, you know, Elon Musk, great guy, amazing dude. He actually, I follow him on Twitter. He just, he just retweeted that story. But Twitter is still playing by a lot of the liberal rules. A lot of the, um, you know, the limitations on conservative content, they still seem to be in place. Pamela from Central Jersey, welcome back. Hello. Hello. Well, never mind then. Pat in Howard Beach. Hello. What the hell's going on with the phones? You playing with the phone again? Can you hear me? I got you. All right. What's up? All right. So it looks like uh, nuclear winter out here. And I just got a question. Have you seen any of these fires? Because I watch the news all the time. I ain't seen one fire. See a lot of reports about clouds, but I ain't seen one fire on TV yet. Uh. Well, part of it is they're in rural Canada. I kind of know what you mean. I, I have not seen, I, you're right. I haven't seen it either. I did just see a still picture of a fire in Nova Scotia. Um, did you go looking for it? Um, Pat? Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. Let's, let's there's only, there's only two. There's a CNN picture from May 19th that says it's going to be a couple of days. And then there's a recent one from Nova Scotia, which is probably the one that you saw. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, uh, I think these are fires. I mean, it certainly smells like a fire. Um, the, one of the reasons why we have so many videos of the fires in California, I mean, let's face it, it's so densely populated out there and the houses are very close to the fire and everybody got a cell phone. There are parts of New Brunswick and, uh, Nova Scotia that are, you know, really sparsely populated. That could be part of it. And they don't have like a thriving media system like we do. Let's see. Fire Nova Scotia. Let's see what it comes up here. Uh, Yep, I'm looking at stuff right now, man. I'm looking at a, I'm looking at a helicopter dropping uh, water on, um, on uh, where the hell is this? Al- Alberta. Let's see. I'm seeing stuff. Looks like it's out there, pal. Did I allay your fears? What's going on? You still seem skeptical. Oh, I, got, I got, I got no fears. Absolutely. Well, not, you got but... suspicions. I always got suspicions. I learned that from you. <laughs> Well, you got to be suspicious, uh, but look, now I'm, uh, all right, look, I'm, I'm seeing them all over the place. You know, a great, are you on Twitter? No, I don't go you on gotta Twitter. You got to get on Twitter, all right? And you got to start no, saying. I don't go on Twitter. Why? So I can look at all that porn stuff that you're talking about? Yeah. I get nauseous. First of all, that's Instagram. Secondly, you got to go looking for it. I'm not looking for it. I'm talking about this, man. Pat, you got opinions, you got opinions, and, uh, you've got to put them out there. I do believe we have got to fight. We have got to take a stand. And oh, by the way, you would have cleaned up your, cleared up your concern. I know I'm looking now. I'm, I'm in it. All I'm seeing is fires from Nova Scotia. I got that, that hundreds of fires from Nova Scotia, and it's a very they, one thing about Twitter. It's got a very effective search window. You put in something, and if it's there, it will find it. If it's not there, it will tell you it's not there. It's actually pretty cool. Hey, Tucker Carlson put his uh, show on Twitter. How many views did this thing get? Sixty million or something like that. I mean, how good could it have been? Has, has anybody? I mean, I, I anyway. This guy's playing it just right. This whole thing, this whole thing, he's doing a very good job. We like Tucker. Uh, looks like we're all going to be working for him someday. Uh, Ridley, hello. Hey, how you doing? C- can you hear me? Yes. I hate to start out that way. I am uh, long time listener. I got so much. When you're on hold for a while, you get to hear all kinds of stuff in your brain just goes all over the place. Props to you. Uh, props from Cats on Down to Sombra. 
okay? I'll get that out of the way. Um, I was just sitting here thinking something about Trump when you were talking, how he never complains. And it was a good movie. I don't like the female actress that was in it, but there was a poem in G.I. Jane, and it says, A frozen bird dropped frozen dead from a bough, never having once felt sorry for itself. And that just reminded me of Trump. But what I called about was, um, you said you were thrown off the deck of the JFK? No, I didn't say that. I thought you had said that. Well, maybe you were thrown off the deck of some carrier. Oh, 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 uh, you mean thrown off. You mean shot off, like a catapult. Shot off, right, right. Yes, uh, yeah, not the JFK. I was on the JFK. It was the Eisenhower and the, and the uh, what the hell was the other one? The America. Okay, well, I, I live uh, in Philly, obviously, and I'm stone throw away from the airport. I'm watching, trying to see planes taking off. It's hard to see them because it's like a hazy day down here yep. without the humidity. Right. But, so I love this place because it's just got lots of nostalgia and all kinds of stuff. Maybe I'm glad you so, found your uh, home, pal. Tell me one more thing, and then yeah, I got to go. So the, the JFK was there at the scrapyard. She's gone now. I said goodbye to her for everybody. But it was sad because you guys got an awesome carrier up there that's a museum, and we could have had something down here in Philly like that, and they let her slip away. That, they, you know, you can only have so many of these museums. They got them all over the place. Uh, they had the, the Intrepid you're talking about, the Intrepid Sea, Air, and Space Museum. It is a beautiful uh, institution right over there on the west side. Everybody should go. I go a couple of times a year, actually. It's a great place. Hey, Ridley, I appreciate it. I got to go. I'll be right back. Thank you. Greg Kelly, Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hmm. You probably haven't heard of Antoine Tucker, but he's got a pretty significant following on uh, on Twitter. He's out there. I kind of like his stuff. Uh, he put out this. He happens to be black, and I think that's part of the message here. A pro-Trump message, but it's wild. All right? It's pretty intense. And listen to this message, Okay. Uh, can vouch for all of it, but uh, let's uh, go ahead and roll it, please. There's some bad words. We had to bleep them out. This video is to every single black person out there. If you really want to f*** over this government that has f***ed over your ancestors, if you really want to f*** over this government that helped kill Martin Luther King Jr., if you really want to help f*** over this government that killed Malcolm X, that killed Huey, and that destroyed the Black Panther Party, if you really want to f*** over this government, I'm asking you to do me a favor. Go vote for Donald Trump. Can't you see how these f***ing devils are running around here scared the f***ing death of this man? Because they don't want their f***ing evil, sick asses locked up. So black people, if you really want to piss these f***ing racist, demon, f***ing devils off, Vote for Donald Trump. F*** they shit up. Because they've been f***ing it up for us for the longest, and it's been then. Vote for Donald Trump. Well, the man has a point. I'm not going to say he doesn't have a point. Now, some of this stuff is a little bit over the top, of course, but they are scared to death of Donald Trump, huh? Scared to death of the man. Uh, are they afraid of being locked up? Afraid of being locked up. And there's one other thing here. What a contrast. This is the... Secretary of Education, his name is, I think, Miguel Castro. Do we need a federal department of education? Probably not. Uh, uh, Cardona, pardon me. And uh, let's hear what he has to say. This is at a commencement, it looks like, at 
Columbia University. Is this the kind of message we want for our youth? Go ahead. He sang a song that, to me, is the perfect metaphor to the role of education in this country at this time. The song is called Flor Palida. It translates to wilted flower. After the pandemic, the education was a flor palida, a flower wilting under a storm like no other. Marchita y deshojada, casi palida, ahogada en un suspiro. It was gasping for air, wilted and missing its vibrant petals. Like the learning of our young people, it was severely disrupted. Mental health needs escalated. Academic levels hit the lowest marks in decades. And opportunists who stand to benefit from framing public education as a dead end created culture wars to divide school communities in order to privatize public education. He's saying a that's song. That's the part. That's the part. That's, uh, yeah, we're opportunists. Those who believe in charter schools are opportunists, right? We created these culture wars to divide communities. No. I don't think uh, our side actually thought that it was a good idea to let the drag queens come into the school and hang around the kids. No, that was your side, all right? Talk to any, oh gosh, the proud products of the public school system in New York City, a handful, a handful of key schools. And after that, it's it's pathetic, and it's been that way for a very, very, very long time. Now, lots of reasons for that, but how dare this guy? This is the Secretary of Education. Rick Perry was right. Need to get rid of that department. And I think Ronald Reagan, that was his intent as well. Um, but didn't quite work out. We still have it. The government is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, I'm looking at Mike Pence. I don't think he's the man to turn that around. Do you? I think he's, I think the, the thought he has first and foremost in his mind is maintaining his dignity. I mean, it's like a full-time job. He's always kind of, um, this is an opportunity for me to be dignified. And um, sometimes to get stuff done, you got to get messy. You got to get red in the face. It's like Obama. Obama was only concerned with looking good. You can get a lot done, but you won't look good. You won't look classy every step of the way. You know, if you have you ever built something, right? You got to get in people's faces. You got to get angry sometimes. You got to, because the whole world is sometimes working against you. Thanks a lot. I'll see you tonight at 10 on Newsmax.